0: Download the
1: Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last.
0: Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: ...and Grove about that. He joins us next. Cleveland.com on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Hayden, uh, I, I want to give you this real quick because last night my wife and I went to Eric Church at Blossom. And you know how traffic is getting into that place. We were, you know, there's the two lanes kind of moving slowly. And out of nowhere, as we're getting closer and closer to the actual place where you park these uh, motorcyclists just start coming up the middle and cutting everybody. And I said, listen, if it's on the highway, I normally just don't pay any attention to it and don't care. But in this instance, like, we're all waiting to get in there. You got to wait your turn. Am I right or am I wrong?
0: I mean, you're right for sure. Um, I don't think there's any other, you know, answer to that question. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I get it though. I mean, honestly like i'm kind of a hypocrite so if i ever had a motorcycle i'd probably do the same thing (laughs) Um, because i don't because i don't uh i would definitely wait in line but yeah you're right i mean it's uh it's it's kind of a bad look to just cut through everybody
1: yeah i i don't know i was already frustrated by again how long it takes to get in there traffic wise anyway and then i saw that it just like set me over the edge It, it made it got better once we got parked and we were good but i was just very irked by seeing that well
0: you you bet your ass if I was on a mo- on a bicycle I'd be cutting everybody so I'm I'm a hypocrite I'll be <laughs> and flipping
1: to me the it. bird as you go by like I know you hate this Spencer see ya <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly talking with talking with Hayden Grove here on the hotline uh let's get into some of the nitty gritty sports stuff that I wanted to bring you on for first of all as we start I I led the show off talking Brown so we'll go there first um I read a piece by Eric Edholm for NFMNFL.com. And he sort of laid out some overblown stories going into the season and some that deserve more attention. And one of the ones that he put that deserves more attention is that the Browns, he writes, are a sneaky contender. Do you think that's a good way to describe the Browns going into the season? And is it better that maybe they're described as sneaky rather than maybe people believing in writing that they've already arrived?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that it's kind of interesting because I think it's kind of both, right? Like, I think the Browns are... Not only are they a sneaky contender, uh, but I think they're also a sneaky, like, disappointment team. Um, They're right in the middle, uh, which is crazy. It all depends on kind of how, you know, Deshaun Watson plays and how, uh, you know, the defense looks. I I could see the season going great. Like, I could really see it going great and them going 12-5. and Or I could see the wheels coming off real fast and Kevin Stefanski being gone by, you know, week eight. Um, So, yeah, I think sneaky contender does make sense. I really do. Because you know when you look at it on paper, we, we, we've talked about paper time and time again. If you look at it on paper, you have a uh, top two running back. You have some really good receivers in Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore. You have David Njoku, who's arguably one of the better tight ends in the NFL. You have a great offensive line. It's just about how your quarterback plays, and you know Deshaun Watson could be a sneaky top five player, or could be a bust because he hasn't played and he's just and he might have lost it. So. I don't think that's the case, but I can see it both ways. And then defensively, you have Miles Garrett, you have Denzel Ward, you have Zazaria Smith, you have uh, Juan Thornhill, and you have Jim Schwartz. And on paper, it looks good, which is why you're like, okay, they should be a lot better. And uh, so, yeah, I think it makes sense for them to be a sneaky team. Um, but also, I, I again, it's just about. It's I, I don't care, I Spencer. I really don't care about what anybody says this season. I don't. I'm not going to make a damn prediction. I'm not going to say a damn word because <laughs> it, I've done it too many times. I've been I've been absolutely, you know, I look like an idiot more times than not because of what's been put on paper. So until I see it on the field, I, I'm not ready to uh, to declare the Browns anything except for right where they are.
1: Well, what's the fun in that, Hayden? If we're not going to make bold predictions and then get to get. Yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> I know it's fun. I know it's fun. I get it, but then like it's not fun anymore when you're wrong, and yeah. then everybody like handwears you for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, and, oh, and you picked the a... Browns. Like I, the past couple of years, I've said, "Oh, the Browns are going to go ten and seven. Oh, bro, that was a joke. You know, you picked the Browns to go ten and seven. <laughs> you're an idiot. And then you know, and then if I don't pick them to do good, then it's like, "Oh, you're a hater." So there's no winning.
1: Yeah. No, there really is no winning. And and to be honest, I I, I agree. I I, I joke tongue in cheek that it's it is fun, especially as a Sports Talk radio host, like, that's kind of the name of the game for me. But I actually am right there with you where I've tried to sell the Browns to people for the last four to five years, and all I've gotten from it is one playoff run and a playoff win. Yeah, it was memorable. It was great, but I I just can't do it this year. Like, I need to see something tangible first. So I actually am in agreement with you on that 100%. I I, I was also sort of getting in, and we talk about Deshaun Watson, and we know how much the season hinges on him. Have we made maybe too big of a deal – Out of the performance in the six games last year like I just feel like that's just become a storyline that we just keep beating like beating the dead horse on I get that it's the only tangible game footage in a Browns uniform that we have and from really the last two years but like I know there's a great quarterback in there and there was a lot working against him this past season I'm of the belief that he's going to be okay. Yeah, I,
0: I don't think that there should be any. I don't think you should put last year and bring it into this year because I think they're completely different. Mm. Um, I guess the one thing that I will say that I've consistently said is that the offense needs to be different, and I think if it is, then you're going to see a different Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, I, I don't know enough about the X's and O's about behind the scenes to see whether or not. You know, I'm not in the meetings. I don't know if Kevin Stefanski really has you know given Deshaun Watson a totally new offense, but I think he needs one. Um, last year was not fitting of him and last year, you know, he was rusty and all that. So no, I wouldn't I wouldn't put last year um into this year if that makes any sense. Like I wouldn't yeah. um put that into the equation, um, to be honest to be honest with you. So yeah, I think we are making way too big of a deal about last year. Um but and that being said, you know, Deshaun's still unproven in Cleveland. I mean, you know, he's hasn't uh, if you don't count last year, which I won't, um, he still hasn't played in like two years. So you hope that he's the Deshaun Watson. You think he can be the Deshaun Watson that we know and love, uh, or that we know and we've seen. Um, but, again, yeah, I, I, I think it's just a whole new year, and, you know, I'm putting it on Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson to get it done.
1: Hayden Grove joining us on the show. You can follow him on Twitter, at HGrove. He, of course, does a great job with Cleveland.com. Um, one more thing on the Browns front. If I told you to give me a player that aren't the outside of the big names. So no miles Denzel, Deshaun, Amari Cooper, Chubb um, who needs to have a breakout season. If the Browns are going to make the playoffs, who would you say?
0: David and Joku, mm. David and Joku. I am ready for him. I, I've been ready for him. You know, he's got, he's got everything. And it's just like, he's got to put it all together. He's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the athleticism, he's got the, um, you know, it seems he's got the wherewithal in offensively, he's learned how to block a little bit better. I think David and Joe could have a really good year. You know, the Browns have been, um, you know, they've been a tight end team uh, over the past, and I think, you know, Baker really loved his tight ends, and I think Deshaun will also love his tight ends. Um, I think any quarterback really loves their tight ends. Um so I think David David Njoku, I would love to see David Njoku have a breakout season. I would love to see him not drop the passes that we're accustomed to see him drop. I um, would love to see him continue, as a block, to continue to improve as a blocker. And I think David Njoku will open. If you get David Njoku going, that will open up things even more for Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore. So really excited uh, about that possibility and to see David Njoku potentially break out.
1: Talking with Hagen Grove here on the hotline. We pivot to Cavs here, and obviously we know the draft on Thursday. Cavs come away with that 49th pick. Amani Bates out of Eastern Michigan, guy who had all the potential, all the hype in the world coming out of high school, and then it wasn't really realized much at the college level. And certainly a project, certainly a a, a, per, a player that's a big ball of clay that they have to kind of mold to be ready to play at this level. But I, here's, like, here's the thing from Thursday. I... If the Cavs are going to trade up into the first round and try to get somebody who maybe could have been a more, you know, a, a, a guy that could play for you this year and actually give you something off the bench maybe, then I was all for that. I'm not necessarily mad, though. Like, I think there's people who are, like, upset with this pick. They're like, why this guy? Uh, he's such a project. And I do understand, too, where you could ask the question, do the Cavs have time for a project, given that they're, they're in this window where they need to contend now. But at the same time, if they were going to stay at 49, I think they made the right choice to take a guy who maybe ends up ha- – he has this he has this unrealized potential that could pay huge dividends for you down the line, um, but he's you just have to realize he's not going to be that for you now. Like, at 49, I don't really know what else you're expecting.
0: I love it. I love it. I was talking to – you know, I do the Wine and Gold Talk podcast with yeah. Chris Fedor, and he obviously, you know, he kind of runs the ship because he's with the Cavs every day, and I'm kind of, you know, more – on the fringes, but Chris and I were talking, and I said, Imani Bates. And Chris was like, nah, I don't think so. I mean, kind of, you know, not necessarily um, on the same page as me. And I was like, I'd take him. He's got the – I mean, at 49, you're not going to pick a player that's going to be in your rotation very soon. You're not going to have a guy. Why not pick the most talented guy? I don't care how much, you know, work he needs done. Um, You know, he's got the – he's got the size, he's got the talent – why not take that? You know, Cleveland is not in a position where they were going to take a guy at 49 and he was going to make an impact right away. JB keeps his rotation small, you know, five or eight, nine guys, and, uh, and that's not going to be that rookie. I mean, it's just not. So why not take Money Bates? The talent is there. Hopefully you can bring him into the Cavs culture, which seems to be a great culture of, you know, young guys that, that enjoy the game. They love each other. As I think, Donovan, or I think uh, Darius Garland said a bunch of nice young men bringing money Bates, have him be around those guys, and I think it's a great, great move because, he, like we said, the talent is there. Maybe he just got caught up in kind of this the hype of it and and all the you know extracurricular stuff. But I think at the end of the day, the basketball is still there for money Bates. And uh, if you can kind of just give him time to grow and give him time to mold, um, you got a really young core. Maybe he'll be ready in a year or two to kind of help uh, help you in in that rotation
1: few more minutes with Hayden Grove here on the hotline. Again, follow him on Twitter at H underscore Grove. Um, So if people are upset about how the draft played out and maybe they want to see the Cavs do something more or swing some big deal, I've been trying to assure people that, guys, the offseason is very, very young still for the NBA. We know July 1st is when free agency opens. That's when you really can start doing some things. What do you envision is, is next for this Cavaliers team? Because they certainly have some questions to answer. There's rumors and you know murmurs of a potential Jared Allen trade and teams inquiring. What types of moves do you see this team making? Is there anything that you think is going to be big that maybe moves the needle, or is it going to be more ancillary, just filling holes that they know they have to address?
0: Well, with Kobe Alman, I you never know, right? He's yeah. he's been known to swing a big stick. Um, he, you know, has come out of the woodwork on multiple occasions and made big deals. Donovan Mitchell was huge. Um, you had. Um, the uh, Laurie Markin and trade a couple of years ago with a huge. So I think anything's on, I think everything's on the table. They might just, you know, they kind of might go the low route and, uh, and end up maybe not taking a guy that, um, or excuse me, not, you know, making a big deal and taking maybe some, you know, some mid-level exceptional uh, free agent level guys, or, you know, making a small trade to bring in a, a wing. I think they're going to bring in a wing or two regardless. They need shooting. Um, but yeah, I, I don't put anything behind or outside of Kobe Altman. I think he's able to, you know, do what he needs to do for the team, and I think he's got kind of an outside-of-the-box extracurricular mindset, um, and that's what they're going to kind of look at. So I wouldn't – nothing is off the table. I could see them trading Jared Allen. I could see them, you know, just kind of adding a couple fringe free agents. I could see them making a small deal. Um, So there's plenty on the horizon. This Cavs team will not look the same, I promise you that. They're going to add some shooting. They're going to add some depth. They're going to add a small forward of some kind a wing of some kind, and uh, this Cavs team is going to look different going into the next season.
1: We know Jarrett Allen might be a, a potential move or uh, potentially available. I, we'll see. But are any of the other members of the core four tradable this offseason, you think? Like Mitchell, Garland, Mobley. Like, do you think any of those other guys would be options for them that they would maybe consider this offseason, or do you think they're all here next year?
0: Yeah, I don't, honestly. Yeah, I, agree. Um, I mean, maybe Mitchell and maybe Gar like Mitchell to me, the only way you trade down to Mitchell is if you know, he's going to New York, right. Or he's, yeah. he's gone yeah. after a couple of years. And you don't know that. And like, honestly, I know this is something kind of small, but at the end of the day, like I do feel like, um, I do feel like him being at the softball game yesterday is actually kind of cool. Um, mm. and kind of, you know, maybe a sign that, Hey, you know, things aren't, I'm not leaving anytime soon. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I don't believe that any of those guys would necessarily um, uh, be tradable this offseason.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. Let me get you out of here with this. You mentioned Chris Fedor; uh, he was on with G. Bush yesterday, your your partner there on the podcast. Um, and he you, you you mentioned Donovan Mitchell. He brought up Donovan Mitchell and how, while he understands all the New York talk and why we sort of prognosticate that that's where he's going to end up, he's also been like very committed to Cleveland since he got here and and he told the story about when he found out he was on the golf course and he like ran around excited because he was just so thrilled about the opportunity to come here are we like are, are and maybe not you and me specifically but our fans some fans maybe jumping the gun on just you know trying to get Donovan Mitchell up out of here because they're upset that he keeps being linked to New York before we really even because I, I don't I don't know that fans like the sole reason a player leaves but we know in this league like Moving guys moving teams is all about how they feel about the situation that they're in. And that could be the first thing that starts to tarnish it. I mean, we've seen it other times too, right? When OBJ was here, the day he got here, it was, do you really want to be here? And then he heard about it all the years after that. So it's the same kind of thing. Like, if you hear it enough, maybe you're going to maybe talk Donovan Mitchell into wanting to leave before we even have to think about that. Yeah, I have like a whole dissertation on this. so (laughs) I love to read it. Or, he, or you're going yeah. hear uh, it right now. Give it to us. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm gonna hear, you're going to hear it right now. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to flex, but Bernie kozar texted me right before this and said he's listening. So, I, I definitely – this is kind of perfect. Um, well, Bernie thanks Kosar for listening, kinda, Bernie. Bernie, Bernie Kozar kind of kind of ruined Cleveland fans, and here's why. Because he was the first guy ever to be like, I love Cleveland. I'm going to manipulate the draft for Cleveland. Cleveland is my own. I'm going to Cleveland, Right. And then now, like, everybody kind of was like, okay, like, Bernie wanted to come here so bad. And then also LeBron kind of ruined it because LeBron kind of did the opposite. He was like, well, you know, I, like, I was drafted here, but I want to go elsewhere. So, like, every guy that comes in and out now, right, it's like, if they're from Cleveland like Bernie, the fans expect that that they'll want to be in Cleveland, right? Like, yeah. the fans expect that, like, if they're from Cleveland, they'll want to be in Cleveland, and and they'll pull a Bernie and they'll be like, you know, gung-ho on coming to Cleveland. And much the opposite, if they're not from Cleveland, then they want nothing to do with Cleveland and, they, they you know, you're holding on to dear life. So when it comes to Donovan Mitchell, I remember being a kid, and I remember loving the Browns, the Cavs, the Indians, right? That, that was my team growing up. And you get into journalism and, you kinda, and the fandom kind of goes away and you kind of focus on, you know, on, yeah. um, covering the teams fairly and objectively. Um but there's still that part of you that has kind of your heartstrings uh, towards Cleveland, towards the Browns, and Kansas Guardians. And, and I think that Mitchell's the same way. I don't think that fandom for New York will ever leave him. Mm. And if he has an opportunity to go to New York in free agency or whatnot, I think you would do it. I do. And that's just that's just my opinion, not based on anything that I've. It's kind of based on my own yeah. my own heart, which oh, it, yeah. might be different than. This. So again. I picked Cleveland because I love it here. I grew up with these teams. I, it, 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 this is my home. And I could see where Donovan Mitchell would be the same. That being said, I don't know Donovan's thoughts. Donovan could love it in Cleveland. And then things could not work out in New York, and they could have a bad situation. And then would he want to go to a bad situation just to go to a bad situation? I don't know. So I think it's, it's a very, very difficult thing. I think the fans are kind of put in this weird place because Cleveland has this weird, like, do they want to be here, do they not want to be here? Um, either you're all in, you're all out. I don't think is cure-all. If, if they lose again in the first round, then yeah, then we'll start to have some uh, some conversation.
1: Really well articulated by Hayden Grove. Some great perspective from the great Hayden Grove. You can follow him on Twitter at H underscore Grove and check out all of his work. He's a Swiss Army knife over at Cleveland.com. He does it all, covers all the teams. Great stuff, Hayden. Always appreciate you coming on, man. We'll definitely do it again soon. Appreciate your insight.